You know, as an entrepreneur, I understand how much creating more wealth and abundance is important to you. And it's important to me too. After all, we don't need to be broke healers or broke entrepreneurs or call our amazing business a small business or a hobby, which is why I have just released the Abundance Power Duo. It is absolutely free right at my website, emilyarons.com. You can sign up today, get your Abundance Power Duo for free and start clearing the blocks that may be blocking you without you even realizing it. The best part of all is that these aren't just like two minute little freebie junky meditations. These are actually meditations that I use myself personally and that are found inside of the Mastery and Ascension membership, which is a gated community. You have to pay to play. So the fact that I'm giving these away for free is kind of bonkers. And I want you to have the best results possible, which is why I'm giving you the best meditations to unlock abundance and get you into the flow so that you can serve at your highest level. Get the Abundance Power Duo today over at emilyarons.com. And don't be stingy. Tell all of your friends they should get it too. It's free for everybody, even if they're not a podcast listener like you are. But hopefully they will be because they're making good decisions. Grab your Abundance Power Duo right now over at emilyarons.com. Back to this episode. Welcome back to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I'm so happy to bring you Dr. Valerie Rain. She is the author of Patriarchy Stress Disorder. This is a book that I have loved for the last couple of years, and it has basically made it required reading for all of my clients. It's that important of reading. So if you've ever struggled with raising your rates, thinking bigger, feeling like you can have it all, so much more, this book is really going to impact you. And in this episode, Valerie takes us through her step-by-step, five-step process of really unpacking if you have patriarchy stress disorder, how to understand the trauma, how to address the trauma, and how to ultimately be free from it so that you can live your most authentic pleasure-filled life. So you're going to want to take a listen to this all the way to the end. We go through some really beautiful, deep personal stories, and she shares about the thriving experience that she creates. It's a three-day experience. Um, Her next one that comes up is June 20th through the 22nd. Um, You can get more information about that. The link is in the show notes, but please make some space, take some deep breaths, and please welcome Dr. Valerie Rain to the podcast. You're listening to the Aligned and Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. I'm an entrepreneur and highly sought after energy healer with over two decades in practice. I'm a mixture of high vibe energy and cutting edge strategy with a little dash of unfiltered real talk, making this the one and only podcast that gives you a down to earth approach to business and spirituality. Tune in each week to get out of the stress of overworking so you can build a brand in alignment with your soul's purpose. If there's one thing I've learned the hard way, it's that you have to stop looking outside yourself for the answer and start looking within. We all have a unique path and it's time you start trusting in yourself. The truth is you already have everything you need. You just need to learn how to access it. Now, let's dive in. It's time you experience business and soul alignment. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Valerie Rain. It is so nice to have you here. And I will start by just saying that reading Patriarchy Stress Disorder was very important for me. I read it a couple of years ago 
And basically ever since then, it's been foundational to all of my coaching clients in any of my group programs. It's always required reading. And I feel it's important because I, I coach, I teach, and I guide, lead female entrepreneurs who have all kinds of things that they're up against, which is, you know, playing small, not dreaming big enough, not fully embodying the work that they know is there for them. They're upper limiting themselves financially, not increasing their prices. And then women who are really in that higher income bracket, almost believing that they can't have it all, that they can't have a wealthy business, having money coming in in an easy and sustainable way that they still have to hustle and grind. And so this is why I wanted to invite you onto the podcast and it's an honor to have you here. So warm welcome. Mm, I'm so happy to be here, Emily, and thank you for being a champion. Yes, absolutely. So I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit, just, you know, how you got into this work so that they can be kind of brought up to speed of where you're at. Hmm. Sure. Well, I think I've been pursuing this path ever since I was a little girl and I was motivated by a single question. What's wrong with me? Mm. That is really the question that guided my journey from growing up and hearing all these messages uh, that the, the bottom line was you can't be who you are and be okay don't laugh so loud. People don't like that. You know, don't be so smart. No one would want to marry you. And I was hell bent on figuring out what's wrong with me and fixing it. And that took me on the path of studying psychology. And two graduate degrees later, I was living the life of my dreams. I uh, had a thriving private practice in New York. I had a beautiful family, a lovely home in New York City suburbs. And I, if anybody would have asked me, Valerie, are you happy? I would have said, of course, I'm happy. I have everything, everything I ever wanted. And one day I was on the phone with a client when I noticed I was smiling only with the right side of my face and the left side of my face just hung there as did my left arm. And I ended up in the ER with symptoms of a a stroke, which thankfully after scanning me up and down for many hours, they um, came to the conclusion that it was not a stroke, that my official diagnosis was just stress, just stress. That uh, of course was a huge relief, but also puzzled me to no end because I did not feel stressed. The level of stress that took the left side of my body offline temporarily did not even register in my right. system. Right. It was my normal. Right. And that is what I, I hear from, from women a lot that you know, even when they um, think about patriarchy stress disorder, they, they, they recognize that there is some stress in their lives, but they don't recognize how huge it is and what a huge role it plays in pretty much cutting them off from the fullness of their lives from every angle. Uh, you mentioned financial abundance, There is also intimacy, enjoying sex, enjoying being in their own bodies, having a close relationship with their kids, 
playing, relaxing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The juice of life mm. at the end of the day. And that was my wake up moment because I realized that stress was a kind of a security blanket for me. And underneath that security blanket, that question of what's wrong with me was still alive and well. Mm. And that put me on the path of asking that question, the different kind of question, where is the stress coming from and, and how come um, it went undetected? And also I knew that my clients were experiencing huge breakthroughs when I was using trauma healing tools. Mm -hmm. And by that point I had explored in therapy for many, many years, what possible traumas could I have? And I, I wasn't coming up with anything. Hmm. And thankfully, the research in the field of epigenetics was now catching up and showing that traumatic experience are, experiences are genetically transmitted. And that was that light bulb moment that I have been waiting for all my life. Hmm. Traumatic experiences are genetically transmitted. Wait a minute. Women have been oppressed for thousands of years. Yeah. Trauma is genetically transmitted. Boom, enter patriarchy, stress disorder. <laughs> and and that, that finally explained everything. It gave me an answer to my question, what's wrong with me? And the answer was nothing. Mm. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing to fix, but there is something to heal. Mm. And we all carry that something to heal. Yes. And we might have had trouble recognizing it because maybe it didn't even happen in our life time. Mm -hmm. But the inherited trauma creates so many barriers to our fullest authentic expression, happiness, and fulfillment that it became my mission yeah. to help people see the invisible so that they can do the impossible, as you mentioned, having it all. Yes. And that quote unquote impossible. Yeah. And I, I, I think I probably read that study in your book, 10 times mm. to see the lineage passing down from mm. the rats having the stimulus mm -hmm. to the grandchildren. It was the great grandchildren who's never were exposed to the stimulus, but still had that, that stress, that trigger, that trauma response to it. And it was a, like a light bulb moment for me. And, you know, I've been doing energy healing for almost 23 years and I've been doing it healing through all generational trauma, pain through all lifetimes and your cellular memory. I mean, the body holds a record for everything yeah. that happened. And so this was like, just this next level for me, like, mm -hmm. holy hell. And like, if nothing else, just read this chapter and mm -hmm really understand that it's not your fault. These things that have been inherited over generations that are built into our DNA. And we have to be the person that stops that ancestral drama from mm -hmm. affecting future generations. So it's, I love that, that click for you and that that's what started to really just dive into patriarchy stress disorder. Yeah, let's actually share this study real real brief brief with the audience because I think it really puts things in their rightful place. So in this study that you referenced, researchers introduced the smell of cherry blossoms to mice while simultaneously zapping their feet with mild electric shocks. Then they bred the mice and their children and their grandchildren when exposed to the smell of cherry blossoms showed a strong fear and anxiety reaction. Hmm. And the neuroscientists saw that 
the subsequent generations actually had more centers in the brain specifically dedicated to perceiving the smell of cherry blossoms. Now, they had never smelled cherry blossoms before. They had never had electric shocks before. So let that drop in. This is just one traumatic experience that God transmitted down two generations. That was the length of the study, the extent of it. Think about how many traumatic experiences women have had throughout the millennia of patriarchy. I mean, countless. And if only one experience of this magnitude, right? Chair blossoms, mild electric shocks. It caused changes in the brain. <laughs> Think about the changes, epigenetic changes. Yes, we are evolving. We are always evolving. And so the evolution of women over the past five to 10,000 years has been under patriarchy. So we evolved to adapt to hostility, to survive under oppression to survive by dimming our light by not being in touch with our true desires because women who were were burned at the stake locked up in asylums real bad things happened right Mm. and even when the punishments were not suffered by the woman she witnessed them and even if the punishments were less severe you know as we know from the mild electric shocks they still impacted, right? That evolution. So it's huge. It lives in our subconscious. We may not go around thinking, oh, I'm unsafe, I'm unsafe. It's unsafe for me to be visible. It's unsafe for me to be intimate, to be vulnerable. We we don't think that way. But what we do know is that the nervous system responds with fight, flight, freeze, or appease. Mm. And our life is not maybe mirroring exactly our deep authentic desires. Mm. And if that is the case, if your love life, if your financial life, if your just overall pleasure and satisfaction is not where you want it to be, I assure you that you are not the cause. (laughs) And I'm saying that not to let people off the hook, not to say, oh, you know, poor you has nothing to do with you. It's the opposite. Like the intended impact is the opposite. Well, now that you know, like it's not you, but it's something in you that you can uncover and heal. Why would you not do it urgently Right. right now? Yeah. And I'll tell you why you won't do it urgently right now because of PSD, because <laughs> right. of trauma. Trauma self perpetuates and trauma adaptations keep women locked up in the prison. You know, even women who read the book, who resonate with the message, then stop short of actually doing the work. They're like, oh, I know what's holding me back. I'm like, congratulations. Knowing that you are in prison doesn't set you free. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, for the women who want to be set free, who want to do the work, what is their next step? How do they start to get the keys and, and let themselves out of the prison and yeah. never go back? Yeah. And that, that, that's really, that's the bazillion dollar question right there. <laughs> I describe the five stage journey in the book. It starts of course, with waking up in prison and waking up in prison. What does that look like? Well, it's an unpleasant process. And it's not a one-time process. Mine continues. It keeps going. There are deeper layers of waking up and I go, oh shit, like I didn't even see that. That was playing out of my subconscious, right? This particular pattern, ooh, 
okay, so it's not pleasant, it's jarring. And so everything we do, we do in a community because first of all, it's much more effective. So when I wake up in prison and I see something, I bring it back to the community, I share and everybody goes, oh shit, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just much more effective. It's faster, it's more fun. And also you have all this support and this validation where you see exactly, oh, truly it's not me because like either there's something profoundly wrong with every one of us in the same exact way. (laughs) And we're talking women who grew up in different cultures, different religions, different races, different everything, right? And the patterns are Uh still the same. It's, Uh It's phenomenal. So we wake up together. We see all these barriers erected by the intergenerational collective personal traumas. It's fascinating. And then once we see them, now we can take a a look at what else is going on. In this invisible in the prison, we have prison guards, which are trauma adaptations that are keeping us safe. Trauma adaptations are mechanisms in our mind, in our body, in our actions that evolved to keep us safe, such as your inner critic is a trauma adaptation, right? That imposter syndrome is a trauma adaptation, Confusion, lack of clarity, all these things, if you look at them through this lens, make sense. Oh, yeah, well, if I don't have clarity, I can't move forward. If I don't move forward, I'm safe. Yes. So that's where the subconscious is driving the bus in in the way that's different from where you want to be driving consciously, right? Then on the level of the body, they come up as... Ooh, anything really. I mean, there are so many health expressions that are stress related and Mm -hmm. stress, of course, is fed by unprocessed trauma. Autoimmune conditions are so prevalent and affect women disproportionately to men and affect women of color disproportionately to white women. Mm -hmm. So just connecting the dots. Okay, let's look (laughs) at all the layers of trauma, right? Could there be a connection? Other chronic health expressions, any aches and pains, migraines, trouble sleeping, trouble experiencing pleasure, anxiety, depression, all that jazz, right? Mm. And then we go to the level of action and we can see our addictive behaviors serve that purpose. Oh, I have an important proposal to send, but then I find myself by the freezer with a carton of hagen dust in one hand and a big spoon in the other. All right. So what's happening? And it's not about willpowering your way out of these quote unquote bad habits. It's about understanding, oh, something feels unsafe because mm-hmm. here is my protective mechanism in action. And so that's how we meet these prison guards. Yes. And then we through using nervous system retraining tools, through reprogramming our subconscious, we establish deep safety. And then we can get our prison guards to evolve to bodyguards. That's the Mm. third stage of the journey. Mm. And that means we're not fighting our biology. We're not willpowering, pushing ourselves out of something, which of course are all oppressive mechanisms that perhaps not surprisingly are prevalent in the coaching world. (laughs) 
because it's also a part of the, the patriarchy. I mean, we're just right. swimming in this water. Oh, for sure. And, and we're all a part of it until, right, we become conscious. And the coaching industry is so male dominant with like pushing and hustling and this mindset, like you're not doing enough. And it has programmed and filtered through marketing. Oh. Like, you know, there's something missing from you. You just need this one oh. thing. It's so deep, right? It's so deep and ironic and and not surprising, right? right. We just need to learn to see the invisible to right. be able to do the impossible. And the invisible in this case are these systems uh, of oppression that we've internalized and how PSD operates, right? Mm. So there are two more stages after this, but they're even harder to kind of, well, it's kind of easy to describe, but harder to feel into. The next stage is tunnel digging, which is uncovering and healing all these layers of trauma, which only become available once we have more resource and safety. Mm. Those prison guards evolve to bodyguards. So we have a lot more resource. We have a lot more safety to go to actual healing. As a side note, about 90% of our time, energy, and oftentimes consequently money, is being spent on prison guard management, managing our mind, managing our body, managing our habits, beating ourselves up, failing, starting again, pushing that boulder up the hill again and again. And then the next day it rolls back down and here we go again. And patriarchy taught us to work really hard to earn our keep. So we don't mind. We don't mind. And it feels normal and stress feels normal and life is normal. And it's actually really good. Look (laughs) at everything that I've accomplished. Like, and it's, it is amazing how much we have accomplished working on like 10% Mm. of energy that should be available to us. Mm. It's remarkable. Imagine what would happen if we liberated even 10 more percent, we would freaking double. Right. It's wild. It's wild. And so that's why I love this work, seeing what becomes possible for women when we liberate that energy from the confinement of the invisible prison and prison arts. And finally, there is that final stage once we're out of um, digging the tunnel. And it sounds like we have arrived because this stage is savoring freedom. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, that it wasn't until I arrived at that stage that I realized, oh, F, this is just the start of the journey. Because what happens once you actually accomplish what you set out to accomplish, you think, oh, okay, I get my trophy and that's good. <laughs> it's such an ass kicker, this, this stage savoring freedom, because you're tasked with constantly expanding your energetic ability to be with uh, more pleasure, more intimacy, more money, more impact. And it's delicious. And it is a real ass kicker because all these capacities, we don't use them, we lose them. So for thousands of years, women didn't use them because these things were not on the menu. Right. And it's a big restoration and reclamation. And it's a very physical process mm-hmm. that, again, goes through the nervous system, goes through the whole body, a body-mind energy. So it's big, right? So that's in a nutshell, that's the thing. And to get started, I highly recommend if the book resonates with you, you can download that first chapter. There's no commitment, right? See if it really resonates before purchasing. And after that, don't let that stay 
at the level of, oh, I read the book, come and experience the work. So we have an event, tickets start at free, which is pretty <laughs> awesome, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's called the Thriving Experience. The thrivingexperience.com is where you can learn more, pick up your ticket, save your seat. And that's actually an environment where we gather as a community. Collective trauma requires collective healing. This is not mm-hmm. one-on-one work. And in the community, you actually experience where these things live in your body, in your life. You have all these mirrors of other women around you. Can't replicate that at home reading the book. Mm -mm. And you begin to feel, because we guide you through these processes, you begin to tap into your thriving life. You begin Mm -hmm. to, it begins to become available to you, to your imagination, to your experience. It's really awesome what can happen in uh, like the three days that we're doing this. So I hope that if if it resonates, we get to play together. Because this is our time. As you mentioned, Emily, like this trauma that can, we can resolve it, right? We can resolve it in this generation. We can resolve it in our own experience. And that's how we change the world. I love it. I think that this is the time. This is the perfect time for it. It's the time. And, We're ready. You know, we are ready. And, you know, recently, starting in the beginning of the year, I started really talking to the effect of stress from our business into mm-hmm. our body and what happens. Yeah. And, you know, entrepreneurs are under unrelenting stress constantly, <laughs> you know, yes. whether it's pricing themselves, I'm pricing too low, I did it too high, who do I think I am? Posting on social media, sharing your story, writing the book. I mean, just sending an email out and then let alone if you're actually building up to a launch of some kind, there is massive trauma that happens during a launch. It's unrelenting. That's such a good word. It, it is. And so if we have all this stress, that's kind of a constant and only just getting more intensified, how are we supposed to show up and lead people in this state of trauma and distress? And it is, it's internalizing, it's ending up in our body. It's and it feels normal, right? right, right. That's, that's the worst, the worst thing. Like when we're like, oh, I'm not stressed. I'm, I, you know, I feel fine. I'm just going to work out. Mm. and I'm going to be fine, or I'm mm. going to take a break. I'm going to, vacate. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to meditate. And stress that is rooted in trauma, which is what we're talking about. Mm. Although all these things are wonderful, of course, you should go on vacation. Of course, you, you, you should work out and uh, release that from your body. Right? All these things are great. And meditation is wonderful. And if it's rooted in trauma, again, it's pushing that boulder up the hill. You you relieve it on the level of the symptom, you mm. feel better, but it doesn't necessarily result in it going away or that baseline of stress shifting effectively. Mm. And that is what this work actually helps us accomplish. The baseline is melting like the iceberg is melting because now we're not just hacking at the tip of the iceberg, which is that symptom. We are melting it at the bottom, which is the intergenerational trauma, right? That load. And then it shifts the baseline. And then guess what? You're not even going to approach. First of all, you're not going to do shit that is stressful. And what is stressful for you also is going to shift. Some things that are stressful today are not going to be stressful anymore. And you're going to be so discerning. Okay, this is 
not what I'm going to be doing. Stress is like Teflon to abundance. When we're doing things in a state that is stressed, let's say we're having enrollment conversations and we're internally stressed, Mm -hmm. that creates a closed system. We're repelling. We are repelling connection. We're we're so overwhelmed deep down inside. We don't even want another client. Right. F that. We just want to rest. We want to sleep. And it, it's so deep and it affects everything in our life. Or like, okay, uh, somebody uh, wants to wants to get in, into a romantic relationship with an amazing partner. Yeah, consciously, but subconsciously, there may be so much trauma around romantic relationships, okay. intergenerational and personal, that her subconscious is driving the bus in the opposite direction. And she's doing all these things. She's putting herself out there, maybe even investing in a matchmaker or, you know, she's working really hard and she doesn't get it. Why is this not happening for me? Mm. And yeah, there's so much dating advice, which again, hacks that tip of the iceberg. Mm. But if there is that load of trauma, right? There's, we're still in the collision course, like Titanic, no matter how much we rearrange the furniture on the deck, right? It's not going to change the outcome. So this is something that changes the outcome. So I'm sharing this with you as an example of what are you doing in your life right now, right? That is that frantic rearranging of the furniture or hacking Mm -hmm. at the tip of the iceberg that takes up so much of your resource. And maybe there is a better way. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to take a moment to invite you to take a breath, not just any breath, but putting your hands over your heart and opening up to gratitude just for a moment. Doesn't that feel better? And I know that you're like me, you're wanting to open up more abundance, more intuition, and certainly a deeper connection with your higher self so that you don't have to get stuck in indecision and worrying about, what is the best next step for you? And for me, one of the best ways that I do that is through journaling. But the difficult part with journaling is sometimes I don't really have the best journaling prompts. I don't know exactly what I want to say. And sometimes it's just a free writing. But what I've learned is that when I'm very intentional with what I want to create, magic unfolds. That's where I learned about the journaling club. The journaling club is a guided journaling membership that curates for you deep, exhilarating, and connected journaling exercises that help you unlock more happiness, more positivity, and that deeper connection to your higher self. You can learn more about the journaling club with journaling rituals by joining at thejournalingclub.com. So just as an example, we just took a moment to be grateful. What's something that you're grateful to have experienced that you never want to forget? This is just one example of the journaling prompts that you get inside the journaling club. Again, head over to thejournalingclub.com to join this membership today. I find that a lot of people come to me at that point wanting clarity, needing some help to, you know, do the thing because that's what they feel the problem is. I'm just not mm-hmm. doing the thing. And so it's this chipping away of understanding like what is at the root of why you don't want to do the thing? Why is it not yeah. safe? And yeah. and so really understand that even, you know, to that next level of women again, like really successful, but 
cannot stop the patterning of doing for everybody. And actually this morning I had a call with a client who she was talking about how she wishes that her husband would just help clean up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's really stressful. And I'm like, it's not just because there's a mess in the kitchen. It's because generation after generation, we've been told to be a good wife. Mm-hmm. You have to keep a good kitchen. And on a level in your body, it's saying that I'm not a good wife. I'm a bad person. I'm not enough. And so you internalize that even more. And it's, it's not just the dishes. It's mm-hmm. so much more in that, you know, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for men, they don't understand the complexity of that trauma. And it's never about just the tidying up. That's not what it's about. No. And relationships are in such a horrible state on the patriarchy, just a horrible state, which passes for good enough. Mm. The bar is set so low for a relationship on the patriarchy and specifically thinking about heterosexual relationships. Yeah. Women and specifically white women have been taught by patriarchy to give up everything of themselves, their needs, their their, their wants, their desires for that access to power through the the white man. Uh And the costs of that access, right, Mm. are horrific. And now we are, okay, we're, we're progressive, we are liberated we have a lot more opportunity and yet we don't even speak up as far as our own needs and desires are concerned hell we don't even register them Mm-mm. don't register them what we truly need because it has been so like extracted from us traumatically extracted mm-hmm. from us over mm-hmm. thousands of years and for women of color the predicament is different mm-hmm. like they didn't have access to power through a white man, right? So on the one hand, they didn't have to give up their authenticity, but they were punished for their authenticity. Nevertheless, Mm. they were prohibited from entering white spaces. So they could preserve their authenticity, but only in their authentic spaces. Mm. And entering into the corporate world, they had to code switch, et cetera, et cetera. So Trauma is different. Like we experience it differently and intergenerational trauma in particularly. And for men, their trauma is different too because membership in club patriarchy is very costly, very costly. Men had to pretty much learn to operate with just one allowed emotion, which is anger. (laughs) Nothing else is allowed. Nothing else. Like men could not be nurturing, could not be sad, could not be could not be even like too happy or excited, right? Unless it's about sports. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's ludicrous. Like nobody under patriarchy and racism under all these oppressive cultural norms have had the permission to be authentic. Mm. And that's, that's the tragedy of our times. And this is the opportunity of our times because we're all whole people. We need to reclaim our humanity. We need to reclaim our wholeness. Yeah. And that's what this work is about. Yeah. Is it about having you, you know, show up more, make more money in your business? Yeah. This can be a side effect of this work. <laughs> Sure. Like we see that happen every day right? with our thrivers, but is it the goal? That's not my goal. You know, it's not my goal. I don't want to see women, quote unquote, kill it in business while killing themselves. Right. Right. No. 
Yeah. No. And I think that's, that can be really sexy in that, you know, as a marketer, when we try to tell people, what is the transformation of healing patriarchy stress disorder? Well, I mean, the list does not stop. It doesn't stop because this is our life. So it could yeah. result in making more money, but how can, how can we like encapsulate that, which I'm sure maybe of your own struggle of just trying to put it in a nutshell of like, it is so deep. I can't even articulate how you good know, it is. You know, it's, it's, yeah, that's something that I, I keep flirting with um, more and more, like all these ways of sharing. And the best way I found really is through stories and the stories that we hear from our thrivers every day. They're very different. We never know what's going to happen. Right. And we hear stories from, you know, okay, like I, I've been in chronic pain for 20 years and now I have these pain-free periods that I had not had before, right? Yeah. After having had any holistic intervention and a conventional intervention imaginable, things are hot again with my hubby. Like mm -hmm. we are turned on by each other. We love each other. There's intimacy. I allow support into my life. My kids have transformed. They are just showing up so differently. They behave there. And it's fun for me to be with them. And mind you, it's her transformation that has the ripple effect. You know, one of our clients doubled her business revenue four times over the course of the year, <laughs> four times. Wow. And she's like, and at the end, she's like, you know, I could have done it again, but then, you know, at the end of the year, I thought I, I'll, I'll just take six weeks off and uh, yeah. take my family to, to this place. And, yeah. and then we're going to, you know, we're buying a home and all that, you know, I just didn't want to push it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Like, we don't know what's going to happen. That's the brilliance of this. What's going to happen mm -hmm. is the unfolding of your authentic desires. Mm. What they are, I don't know. You may not know what they are. Mm. And this is the exciting part because as we go through that five-stage journey of waking up in prison, meeting the prison guards, evolving them to bodyguards, talent digging, we are actually getting to meet those hidden desires because there's nothing more dangerous to the patriarchal mm. status quo than a woman who is in touch with her desires. Oh, for sure. So those for desires sure. yeah, have been so buried, so protected. And, and for I so feel long. like on that line, I feel like because I'm, I'm at that age and I have close friends who are at this age of menopause when they start to shift. And I'm like, I actually think this is the most sacred, most potent, most powerful time because you have all this wisdom and it's all here. It's like, of course, people don't talk about it. Of course, there's nobody talking about menopause and what's uh, going to expect in your body and how to deal yes. with it. And more than that, patriarchy purposefully diminishes women. Yes. All the quote unquote certain age uh -huh. purposefully diminishes. And like, oh my gosh, that rabbit hole runs so deep because a patriarchy doesn't want women's wisdom. So it has to kill a woman's worth on the basis of, uh, does she look young? No. Well, she's does worthless. Does she have wrinkles? Does she have wrinkles? Or she has wrinkles. Oh, she has, oh, like she has whatever extra weight even is like, who says it's extra Right. <laughs> and what's wrong with extra anyway, right. but the, there are just so many layers and they're so deeply ingrained. And even if we don't consciously buy into this bullshit, it's so deeply unconsciously there. It creates a lot of suffering. And now there's this internal battle. Well, I know I shouldn't be buying into this. Well, why am I suffering around trying to lose weight? 
And of course, the more we are suffering around it, the more stress it creates, the less the likelihood that we'll actually succeed at that goal. And if it is your authentic goal, it's really cool what can happen. Like I remember one of our clients sharing um, that she had tried everything to release weight that didn't feel authentic to her. And she finally came across uh, intuitive eating and she she felt it really held the promise for her, except that she would find herself intuitively eating, you know, cake in the middle of the night and, you know, things just were not going anywhere. So she went through a few weeks of our introductory program training, retraining the nervous system, and she just shifted into deeper safety. So during that time, she was not weighing herself. She was not dieting. She was not exercising more. She wasn't doing anything. And then in a matter of a few weeks, she released over 20 pounds, which is a lot. And she didn't even know that until like her clothes started fitting differently. <laughs> She just started feeling safe enough in her body for all this, uh, for the hormones to shift and also for her to be able to now eat intuitively, Mm, not in self-defense. So there is so much that stress is not allowing us to experience. We can't experience turn on, we can't experience orgasms. Or if you think yours are pretty good, they can be so much better, (laughs) you know? It's like the sky is the limit. The battle cry of this work is how good can it get? Yes. How good can it get? That's the journey from how much can I bear Mm. the paradigm that we've inherited for so many generations to how good can it get? And the sky is the limit. Yeah. And well, what you said about the weight gain too, is I remember when I was learning about energy systems back 20 plus years ago, was this concept that putting on weight was actually to keep people at a distance. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. So there's something in here that needs to be protected. That's one absolutely valid hypothesis about it. And there's also, there, if there is a lot of unprocessed emotion inside, mm. weight also serves as that buffer. Oh, yeah. Really, if our tummy and our, our digestive tract is constantly full, it serves a numbing function so we don't feel mm. because it's threatening to feel because there's a lot in there. Mm. And so it's not because we don't have willpower. It's not right. because we're somehow flawed, like right. character flawed. It's because there's a lot in there. And so uh, we never teach people, well, okay, now you're going to give up all this shit. You're going to stop eating. You're going to stop drinking. You're going to stop using weed or whatever you're doing, right? To numb. We are teaching them how to work with the material underneath in safe ways, in yeah. safe ways, in little bitty ways. Yeah. And then those coping mechanisms, they just begin to fall off little by little, gradually, right? right. but right. effectively. Like we, we had a client who had not had a day without using weed since she was a teenager, not a day. And she's now in her thirties. Hmm. Whoa, mm-hmm. right? And she had tried to quit many, many times. Right didn't work or would always relapse. And then doing this work first tentatively, she was like, she gave it a few weeks and she's like, you know, I stopped using weed and I don't want to. And I didn't try to, I didn't try to stop. I just stopped. Right. And we saw her over (laughs) the next few months and that was sustained for her. Right. And I mean, it's just like, you're, it's, it seems obvious, like, well, we don't have to self-medicate because we're always in a state of regulation. Like 
it's the sugar, it's the salt, the weed, the alcohol, mm. sex, whatever it is. It just, it's trying to self-regulate. In the exactly, final. exactly. We'll, we'll always try to self-regulate. Our system is very intelligent. And if we are not self-regulating, maybe we're using medication for regulation. Uh, one of our clients was sharing that like her brain changed so much. So she was diagnosed with adult ADD, ADHD. Mm-hmm. So she was on prescription medication for it and it was working for her. And then she was still on medication, but she she was finding herself in in such a weird state. And she had a funny feeling that her brain has changed so much that she didn't need the medication anymore. So she went back to her physician. She described what she was feeling. And so they weaned off the medication under the guidance of the MD. And she was like, I'm fine. I don't have those symptoms anymore. Right. And good for her to be embodied and empowered enough to go to her physician and for her physician to actually honor that because a lot of physicians are like, nope, can't ever do it. This is it. Absolutely. And you know, you know, I come from the the training in uh, psychology and the conventional training, the conventional um, approach to anxiety, to depression, to a lot of these things is that they're not curable. Mm -hmm. You're just going to get medication for symptom management and you're going to be on it. Right. Oftentimes for the rest of your life. And of course that has side effects. There's nothing wrong with using medication when it's needed. But to use it forever and ever because you were told, because the soul system believes that it's not, you cannot overcome this. This is just a crime against humanity. Oh, for sure. That the system is perpetrating. And like I had incapacitating anxiety, incapacitating. I couldn't function. I don't have it anymore. I had major depression relapsing. I don't have this anymore, Mm. right? And I'm not the only one, you know, we see our thrivers overcome a lot of things, but most importantly, right? Like all these symptoms, they're telling us something. They're telling us you're not living your authentic life, right? You're not living the life you're meant to live. Mm. We're meant to listen to that. If we don't have the guidance, if we don't have support, we're going to do the responsible thing. We're going to listen to a professional, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we're not always going to get the advice that's going to help us reclaim our authentic life, right? right. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I want to share something because currently this week, something interesting happened to my physical body, which was I was mm-hmm. playing, took my son to karate class. And at the end, they we have this game that we play where we throw basically an exercise ball and we bowl for children. And we The kids run around. And so it's actually really fun. Yeah. activity. And I've played every week and I through it. And I felt right. Just instantaneously. I felt there's like a boo-boo spot, in my low back. I've had mm-hmm. it before. It's a chronic spot. Have not felt it for, I can't even remember the last time I felt it. Yeah. I know I'm going through this huge energetic expansion. Yes. And as I'm expanding, so I talk about this, the energy moves before form, the energy is moving and expanding. Mm-hmm. Our physical form is kind of like, whoa, a little slow to catch up. Yes. And so when I could sit, cause I mean, I still have a physical body and I have to manage what's going on with it. And mm-hmm. so I sat with the ice pack and I just tuned into that spot in my body and asked like, what did you need that I'm not listening to? Yeah. And just listening to my body and I need to ask for help. I need to feel more support. Yeah. And when we kind of slowed down, which nobody is like, our body will take us out. If you don't slow down and stop, your body will take you out, whether it is cold flu, a car accident, 
cancer, whatever it is, our body will take us out just like yours did. Like, you know, you thought you were having a stroke, but just stress, it was all it is. And just stress shows up in our body. And so, you know, now I know I can process through it. You know, somebody, a neighbor is like, do you want a pain? What you say? Do you want a muscle relaxer? And he said, I'm not there yet, but thank you for the offering. Yeah. I just need to let, just need to feel this and to kind of process what's going on in my body. Yeah. And, you know, what I noticed my oldest son, who's almost seven, he's, he said, he's been checking in on me every day. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? You should take an Epsom salt bath. Aww. And I said, thank you. You're absolutely right. I was going to do that. He said, well, I'll, I'll get you Epsom salt bath. And he, so I drew a bath and he sat next to me and Aww. read a book while I was taking Aww. a bath. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like if nothing else to be a witness to this little boy who's so nurturing and so caring and really just holding that space. And I thought that was so wonderful. I'm like, okay, this is also, this is also part of it. Like, you know, like I really need to make that space to acknowledge what's right in front of me. And sometimes it does take that little jolt to kind of see what's right in front of us. Isn't that so, so special. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I love that the deeper investigation, right? What's this opportunity, right? What is my body saying to me? What opportunities have become available to me? Like witnessing my son's compassion and sitting with him and enjoying that love and kindness and care and connection. Okay. Do I want more of that in my life? Yeah. How can I create these opportunities? Yay. Sometimes we just don't see we're moving so fast. Yeah. Right. So those disruptions can arise. Yeah. And the sooner we catch what the message is, what the opportunity is, hopefully the milder. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. We don't, we don't consciously wish for things to happen to yeah. us, but these are the sort of gems that show up for us when we're not as a victim of the pain and the suffering, if we can really see there's something there. So before we end, I know we've talked about pleasure and orgasm, and mm-hmm. I feel like this is a topic that we could spend a lot of time on that I feel, especially for entrepreneurial women. That's I mean, I've been a lot of time on that topic. Oh, <laughs> we need to spend some time on this topic. And actually some of my mastermind groups is like, they're like, they loved that I was holding the space to have a conversation completely about pleasure, about pussy, mm-hmm. about connection. And they're like, there is no other group that you could do this in. It's like, mm-hmm. well, there are, I mean, I know that there are, but this is, it is like, how can we be business women also talking yeah. about this divine feminine and nurturing? Yeah. And, and I remember one of the women we said, just giving her permission to seek what was pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And it shifted so much in her personal life as well as her, but it was like, it just, you know, flow to everything. So, you know, pleasure yeah. I'm sure is, is a, is a hot topic because as women, we are, you know, told to be, you know, sexy and desirable, but not too sexy. It's <laughs> so, so hot. Much. And it's so disruptive. There is a chapter in my book that's all about that. It's mm-hmm. uh, the sock draw that ended my marriage. It's, um, you know, just practicing finding pleasure in small things like organizing that sock draw, getting rid of everything that doesn't give me pleasure. It was the first domino that fell in the long string of dominoes of looking around, seeing what gives me pleasure and what doesn't and going deeper and going deeper and going deeper to some scary places, right? Like what was the state of affairs in, you know, in my marriage at the time that 
we were just stuck at an impasse and we had been working on it. We're conditioned to work hard. So we had been working on it for years. Mm. So hard, but basically kind of torturing each other too, right? And it took so much, so much courage, right? Mm. And it takes recognizing, okay, this is not working. And it may be in your, in your relationship, it may be in your business. Push, 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 push harder, right? But what if it is not the model? What if it's not the business? What if it if things actually do need to come apart and unravel? Mm. Shit, that's so scary. Yeah. But something is deeper there. Something is authentic that needs to be revealed. And I also don't want to like be like a forecasting doom and gloom. In a lot of relationships, what we see with our thrivers when they get on this journey to deep authenticity, their relationship comes to the next level completely. Yeah next yeah. level because they're in touch with their desires and these stories just begin to pop 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 stories about oh like he just well he doesn't read my mind right he doesn't give me what i want he he doesn't blah 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 and then they're able to speak to their desire from a place of pleasure from a place of connection and there's nothing more that their partner desires than to see them happy and to give yeah. them what they want and this is like mind-blowing <laughs> what seriously and yeah everything goes to the next level so pleasure is really that it's like the north star Mm. pleasure not in the sense of numbing don't confuse numbing with pleasure right eating drinking while watching a show right (laughs) maybe there is some pleasure in it but it's mostly numbing right right pleasure is actually very courageous it's very naked Mm. Feeling pleasure deeper in your whole system and your whole body can be really disruptive. Mm. It can feel really dangerous. So uh, one one thing I want to say in closing of this topic, because I am conscious of time, but it's important that to feel pleasure, you need to feel relaxed. And to feel relaxed, you need to feel safe. And then see item one, PSD, where it's never been safe to be a woman. So shit runs deep, (laughs) shall we say? So in summary, it's deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think you know you look around when you go to networking events with other businessmen. I mean, you can look around the room and see like they haven't had a really great orgasm for a long time. I mean, you can see it in their posture and how they're dressed and how their expression, how they communicate. Like. We need some some good no judgment. in this room. No, no not judgment. At all. And yeah, that also thank you for saying that because it's normalizing. Like I was in a relationship for a long time where there was just no sex or very little. Yeah. And it was a huge source of pain. Mm-hmm. Right. And it also we need to talk about this because oftentimes it's like, okay, well, nobody has it perfect. But like, he's a great guy and he's a great dad and all that. And, you know, all of that may be true, but it's also very important to be true to your own needs and desires. And I think we do create a better world when we're just true. We're true, right? We respect our own. We respect other people's. And um, yeah, we, it's, it's very hard to oppress and abuse somebody who is fully in touch. Oh yeah. Your needs and desires, right? Oh yeah. So we're just not going to stand for that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that's going on in the world right now that is running up 
running up against a lot of resistance because people are also waking up more and more to their needs and desires. Mm. So, yeah. And the, the way I see it really embodying the change that we want to see in the world is one of the most powerful forms of changing mm. world, because from that place, we can do so many things. Yeah. So many things that were not accessible to us from a place of smallness, stress, right. contraction, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I have, to, I have to say there was a miracle that happened in my relationship a couple of years ago. And coincidentally, it was the same year I read your book. But at the end of 2020, I, I thought that my marriage was headed for an mm. end. We were at an impasse as well. It's like we couldn't go anywhere. And it was because I was so embodied with who I was and what my mission was and what I would stand for that I was no longer able to tolerate anything subpar anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was like a light switch went on and something shifted dramatically, not just in me, but also in my husband. And it was like, you know, he went from thinking that what I did and spirituality was a bunch of shit to (laughs) then purchasing crystals and wanting to talk about (laughs) spirit animals. I'm like, like, who are you? Like, what happened? Like, somebody possessed you? Like, I don't know what happened. But I mean, I think that we can believe that when we can honor ourselves and put ourselves first, yeah, miracles can happen. And miracles can happen, absolutely. And we witness them every day. And I yeah. live for that. I live for these miracles. We never know what's going to happen. Not in our lives. Not in our thrivers' lives. And we're learning every day what's possible. So yeah. I really do hope that with this conversation, you know, we'll find out what's possible for our listeners yeah. um, as they get on this journey for themselves. I hope to see folks at the thriving experience. A lot can happen in three days. Yes. So what are the what are the dates for the thriving experience? Oh, the next one coming up is June 20th. Mm-hmm through the 22nd and it's it's a powerful time it's summer solstice yes that's right so i love it the energy of it in my body so we're going to shift some things yeah for (laughs) sure and so they can find more about it at thrivingexperience.com the thriving experience.com. The, mm-hmm. Okay. The thriving or experience. My website has it to drvalerie.com. There's a link right on top there. And you can grab your your book there. Also download that first. Wonderful. Well, I will make sure that everything is linked up in the show notes so people don't have to, you know, worry that they missed it. It will be right there in the show notes. So when you get to where you're going safely, don't have to stress. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. <laughs> Don't worry. It's not a scare tactic. You will be able to get in. Um, but truly, it's it's an honor to have you here, Dr. Valerie. And thank you for your work in the world and shining so brightly and helping so many other people to really see this trauma shifted and so that they can serve better in their lives in the world. It's such a beautiful gift that you're giving to everybody. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for sharing your time with us today. 